1: When a person goes missing in Chicago, the first 48 hours are crucial. That's because the evidence is fresh. But a collaborative investigation from City Bureau and the Invisible Institute found Chicago detectives repeatedly mishandled evidence, brushed off family members' concerns, and even recorded inaccurate data. All of this made it harder to find people, leaving some cases still unsolved decades later. And the investigative team argues that the city's missing person crisis is a black issue. In the past two decades, black people make up two-thirds of all missing persons cases, and half of those are black women and girls between 10 and 20 years old. We sat down with the duo behind this reporting. Trina Reynolds-Tyler is a journalist and data director at the Invisible Institute, and Sarah Conway is a senior reporter and special projects manager at City Bureau. I started off by asking Trina how the joint investigation came to be.
2: Anecdotally, community has been talking about this crisis of missing persons for so long. And when I was in graduate school, um, interning at the Human Rights Data Analysis Group, one of the first things I learned was how to scrape a PDF of and put information into a data frame. And it was a PDF of open missing persons cases in Chicago. Fast forward to, you know, 2021 through uh, Beneath the Surface, we built an algorithm parsing through police misconduct records, we had identified 54 um, um, allegations against Chicago police related to missing persons cases. At that point, Sarah and I, Sarah doing, you know, focusing on survival um, uh, and me focusing on data science decided that it was the perfect, uh, the perfect match given Mm -hmm. black women and girls are often um, forced into survival work. Now, before we dig any
1: deeper, I'm sure not many of us know what actually happens when a person goes missing, right? You know that your relative or your friend is not answering their phone, for instance, right? They're they're not showing up to a place that they said they were going to be at. You get worried, you reach out to police what is actually supposed to happen next, Sarah? Can you kind of walk us through that
0: process? Sure. So one of the things we learned when we went through and coded the complaints, the fifty-four complaints, was that most of them were by black women and child, uh, black women for their children, and um, many of them were for mothers saying that police refused to take their missing persons report. I say that because when someone goes missing, you have the right. Uh, in Illinois, and also by CPD policy to report a loved one missing. you don't have to wait any amount of time mm-hmm. and they can't deny you a missing person's report. Um, and also you do not have to be the parent or you know spouse or child of someone to report them missing. It could be someone that you know. so that's one of the things that you know initially when we started going through this complaint data was immediately identified to us as a kind of like a a trend almost that there's an issue around people wanting to report their loved ones missing and sometimes black Chicagoans being denied uh, that right.
1: Yeah, I've heard that too. Trina, you have thoughts?
2: Oh, I mean, so one, another big thing is like, uh, missing person reports are the one of the few incidents that remain on paper and so it's like you think you you mentioned this 48 hour thing yeah earlier it's like when someone is reported there are a couple of things it's like you pull up you say my loved one is missing do does the officer take your case you like are you going to fiercely fight for them to um take your report like latonya Moore, shantaya smith's mother did mm-hmm. um <clears throat> And then it's like, okay, it's a piece of paper. Uh, You know, the amount of time that passes for that piece of paper to go from the beat cop to the detective's, you know, area, then for it to be in review passed off, like so much time passes before a detective is even assigned.
1: I see. So you took a look at missing persons reports and case data from 2000 to 2021. What did you find in those records?
2: So what we found was that there was, you know, Contrary to what law enforcement has publicly said about um, how they, you know, investigate cases equally across zip code and race, et cetera, you know, their data does not even allow them to measure, you know, the ways that police officers are responding across zip codes. In fact, they're missing um, response records for about 45 percent of the of the data in the past five years. That's a lot. And so, you know, when we when we saw that we couldn't look at this officer arrival time as a means of coming to conclusions, then we're diving deeper into the demographics of the people who are reflected. We're seeing, you know, there are group home. There are different types of missing people, you know, who underlying issues connected to missing persons. You see older um, older women, you know. Sonia Rouse, for example, who was reported missing, she remains missing. You know, she was experiencing intimate partner violence. She she struggled with substance use abuse disorder. She had, you know, mental health. You know, she was a journey. Yeah. Um. Um. But then you also see T'Kayla Tribbett, fourteen year old. You know, ran away from a DCFS group home, had a history of being a. You know, was a child in care. Um. Was ultimately, you know, groomed by an older man, Mm -hmm. and um, was executed, you know, in a... um, Her body was found in Gary, Indiana, in 2019, so... Um, what so runs s- the
1: gamut right yeah and and age too so Sarah you're reporting it starts off with the story of Shantia Smith who, who uh, Trina mentioned a moment ago uh, Shantaya is a 26 year old North Lawndale resident who went missing in 2018 what else can you tell her tell us about her story
0: sure so Shantia Smith was a very proud mother she lived with her own mother LaTanya Moore uh, the family had lived in North Lawndale for generations and One day she was like, I have to run to the store, Ma. I'm going to be back in, you know, five minutes. She never came home. Her mother went to attempt to report her missing in 2018 in May. This is about a month after a 15-year-old girl, Sadaria Davis, had gone missing and was later found um, murdered in an abandoned building in in West Garfield um, Park. And her mother was really concerned. You know, we talked to residents of North Lawndale during our reporting process, and people had said the whole neighborhood felt on edge because women and girls had been disappearing. Mm -hmm. Her mother went to report her missing and was told to wait. And that was something, you know, a theme that's come up in our reporting is people being denied missing persons reports or people saying, you know, uh, police officer saying, uh, you know, she might be with a boyfriend. Wait 24 hours. Wait 48 hours, even though we know that that is against state law and their own policy. Um, Latanya fought to get her daughter's missing persons report taken. And she felt in the process that, um, you know, detectives were not moving with urgency. She had to set up her own community search party. They actually went into the abandoned building with bats where Sadaria Davis's body had been found to look for Shantaya. Wow. Um, I just want to note that uh, no one has been charged with either of their murders years after this happened, and they were both last seen with the same person. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Reporting you
1: write that the CPD claimed over 343,000 missing persons cases were quote closed non criminal. What does that mean?
2: Right. So so. In nineteen eighty four there is legislation that says that law enforcement is to note the final disposition of a missing person's case in order to help folks to better understand what's you know, what's going on. I think it's specifically like what is it? It's, you know, missing persons is a crime until it isn't. Right. And so you can reclassify a case and and and, and reclassify it as a crime. For example, Marlon Ochoa Lopez, the pregnant um, uh, Latinx girl, you know, she was like 19 years old. She was uh, murdered and her missing persons case was was reclassified to a homicide. There are 10 homicides that when you look at the data at face value, if you're an elected official policymaker, law enforcement at the top of the chain. You see the data, you say, well, missing persons is mostly a non-criminal incident. There's only 10 homicides Mm -hmm. and then some other types of crimes that you see. We, through our reporting, were able to identify an additional 11 homicides, including the case of Shantaya Smith. And I'm not talking about like, oh, maybe it wasn't a homicide. You know, we still have to wait for the ME. These are folks who were very clearly a homicide when you walked up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and, and, and so, um, Do, and we you, know do we, you
1: count these as part of the, because you, you, you write that errors in, um, CPD data collection are common. Uh, is this an error? See, see, if you know, there are a couple things happening here because
2: CPD does not have any explicit case closure procedures in their directives, which is, um, is ridiculous because, like, how are officers going to know how to uniformly close a case? But then also, right, so we have this kind of 11 additional homicides. But we found four cases where officers noted that someone had returned and that person had not actually returned. In fact, in two wow. cases, there were two black teenage girls who were found murdered. The case of Shivana Prather, 2002, April 19th, she was last seen in a McDonald's. Um, she was pregnant. Last thing was the um, the manager of her McDonald's. She, according to court documents, she died that night. You know, um, he had murdered her. Now, April 26th, detectives write in the in the in the report early afternoon, spoke with a complainant. This person, you know, located at a friend's house. Two hours later, her body was found in a marsh on 117th right
1: she had been dead for a week
2: at that point so so no 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 way that's an error, error that is a that's something else fast forward desiree robinson um 2016 reported missing november 29th by her grandfather you know december 20th comes and an officer writes in a report you know spoke to the complainant missing has been located not a victim offender of a crime like this is in all the reports they say you know complaining not a victim victim offender no and Desiree Robinson had not actually been found had not spoken to her grandfather nor her mother four days later December 24th she was found murdered Markham her body was found in Markham her case closed non-criminal in the missing
0: persons data
1: and so this is happening again and again Sarah
0: yeah I I think that why this is really important as one stories about women and girls are important stories about black women and girls are important every summer we see the young people affiliated with coco marching from cpd headquarters to washington park and a lot of the things that came up in our reporting community members have been saying for decades and so we really took it upon ourselves as journalists you know it's our our really our duty to look into these things to try to bring you know, to light evidence that things people are saying are happening to them are real and they are true. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you know, we did, you know, essentially detective work. We went through all the medical examiner autopsy reports. We went through underlying investigative documents. We went yeah. through the data to find all of these. And things. one thing that is
1: clear from your report is that black people, black women specifically, they aren't taken as seriously. In these cases, I mean, how do you see talk more about how you see racism and sexism slowing down efforts to actually solve these cases in a timely manner?
0: Well, one of the things that we did, um, this is, you know, we talked to a lot of families and families have been sitting alone in grief for a very long time. And we brought together a bunch of families this summer um, to talk to one another. And one of the things that really came up in that Uh, conversation is that a lot of these families uh, are sort of like it's like a constellation. People aren't, you know, always talking to one another. But when we've brought them together and we've interviewed them, they've repeated the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, no one answers my phone calls. I was denied or told to wait on a missing persons report. I had to collect evidence on my own. I had to form my own search party for my child. So
1: is experiencing neglect here. Yes.
0: Yes. So, And then I just want to really
2: quick talk about this racism, sexism piece because I think it's big here. Shantae Bohannon's mother went into a police station on Monday. Um, Her daughter and she's like, my daughter is missing. I need to find her. Officers are like, well, maybe she's with a guy. Maybe she ran away. You know, you could check out the the real um, uh, the Tammy Pittman is um, Shantae's, uh mother uh she left the police station had to come back the next day with Shantae's father and that's when cpd were like okay we'll take the we'll take your report we'll go look at this place that you know where you say that she was last seen you know be, you know finally and so that's one piece on like it being like you need an advocate if you go in there as a single woman there you know unless you have an advocate there there's a possibility you know even when you have an advocate there, they're going to they might tell you no. But in the case of Tammy Pittman, she had to come back with Shantae's dad before she felt they took her seriously. And then when you I think just like in the mix of deep, you know, looking at the, you know, the people who are reported missing, you know, there is a hypersexualization of black women and girls. There's a, uh, Chicago is a hot spot for child prostitution and child prostitution is human trafficking. Right. right. And so and so, you know, there are there are folks off law enforcement are victim blaming, you know, young people for their own exploitation. And and that plays a huge role in the way the willingness to to provide energy and effort into these cases because it's like a young person goes from a survivor of violence and you know escaping something into an offender and so law enforcement aren't seeing this person as someone who is needing support or help Right, and then also I do want to name like black men and boys go missing as well they're going missing at a younger age and at an older age so when folks are talking about home and square, disappearances etc. like we didn't dive deeper into that inquiry because because there was such a clear disproportionate like a huge number Number of Mm -hmm. girls between the ages of ten and twenty that we saw, but like um, it's just a different kind of landscape um, because black men and boys, the sexualization, it looks different. The trafficking of them looks different. However,
1: still disproportionately affecting black people. Period. So, Sarah, what has Chicago's police department said about? Its handling of these cases?
0: That's a really good question, Sasha. They've told us that they uh, they've sent us two statements. We were never able to do an interview with them um, and or to get direct comment on, you know, our findings and our investigation. But they in one comment said that um, they investigate all the cases equally and fairly and they strive to do so. And, um, you know, and then they sent another one that basically said the same thing. So we we haven't Um, You know, in terms of why they still one of their last remaining paper forms is the missing persons report. That means that CPD has basically digitized everything Mm -hmm. except for this. Yeah. Um, You know, that to some of our other findings about why detectives were saying someone returned home and they never did. Yeah. Children who ended up being murdered. We don't really have answers from CPD as to why this is happening.
1: Well, leave us with this, Trina. Solutions here. I mean, what do you think needs to change about the current process? I mean, what what do you hope comes from your investigation? Oh my goodness!
2: Okay, so there are a couple things here because you know we spoke to law enforcement about solutions, and we talked to community members about solutions, and we looked into you know the other national task forces related to missing persons um, because there's been a few in Montana. really an important one to note. Um, one Chicago has no specialized unit for missing persons, and some people are um, advocate that this specialized unit should be law enforcement, but then other people advocate that the specialized unit needs to be not related to law enforcement, It needs to be community driven because many people, specifically criminalized populations, can be afraid to come in and report their loved one missing. Even on the first 48 missing person, Chicago, there's a Hispanic man who went in to report his, his wife and children as missing and they arrested him because he had a warrant out for his arrest. Mm-hmm. And so it might be a hindrance for reporting things if you are from a criminalized population. But then also, again, equip um, this this law enforcement, Patricia, former uh, commander Patricia Casey mentions the importance of some kind of screening of young people, Mm -hmm. especially when they return, because even if they are reported missing and come back runaway, you know, or whatever you may say, they may have experienced. Experience some exploitation while out there, and so it's like getting to the root of these things requires us to really engage with survivors of violence in yeah. a meaningful way, so that we can prevent right the deeper exploitation and ultimate murder of um, of vulnerable populations.
1: That's Trina Reynolds-Tyler, a journalist and the data director at the Invisible Institute. Sarah Conway is a senior reporter and special projects manager at City Bureau. You can read the entire investigation at chicagomissingpersons.com. Thank you two so much. Thank Thank you you for having us. This episode of The Reset Pod was produced and edited by Brenda Ruiz. Editing from Meha Ahmed. If you liked this episode, consider telling a friend or liking and subscribing to the podcast. That's all for this episode of Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thank you for listening and have a great day.